0: Audio. And here we go. Episode two. Oh, I need my headphones. All right. Oh, whoever fixed these headphones, now I can hear in them. Couldn't hear myself in the first episode. What's shaking, everybody? Welcome back to The Book of Murdoch, which is still a douchey name for a show, but now it's on. I This week, I just saw it, so like, if you're hearing this, you already figured it out, obviously, but I uh, got the Apple and the Spotify and, uh, all, and Stitcher and all of those uh, aggregators. <clears throat> In these trying times, it's important to know which aggregator to use. You guys want to – those of you that are uh, in the advertising world, specifically on the creative, do you want to give the – the in these trying times, you want to give that a rest? Not enough of that. Like we get it. Every Like every ad you listen to on the radio starts with, during these son-of-a-bitching times, how about just get to the point – you're going to get a little some copywriting notes courtesy of, uh, of Murdoch here. All right. Uh, just, you know, the thing to remember is why do I care? And if you have anything in there that doesn't address that, you take it out. That's how you build a good ad. All right. Who got it? I, I got. So on the last episode, I was, I was talking about what, how I'm trying to act on social media where I'm just trying to be nice. And that lasted all of until today. Cause I can't like my internet ends at, at the debate of anti-vaxing. I don't have that shit in me, man. Um. All right. So, if this is your first time listening to the show, we tend to do a little bit of news in the beginning. Um, but you know, the news is tough right now. Like, stay home. Here's my problem. This is where I'm heading with the news and we talked about this a little bit last episode, like you don't know, dude, you don't know anything. Stop posting things on social media. Like you are an expert on viruses or the economy. Oofta. Like you're, you're like, I'm half smart and you're just as dumb as I am. <laughs> <coughs> could also be the name of the show. I'm sorry. I was so tickled pink with my little line there. I was taking a drink of water and it went down the wrong <laughs> pipe. And now I'm embarrassed because the only reason that happened is because I was so proud of that line. And it's probably not, e- <laughs> not even that clever. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Trump says he was being sarcastic with the comments about the disinfectant. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. That's what you do when you're in- – that's what you do – Trump just pulled like when you're fighting with your <laughs> with your significant other and you and you throw a mean line out there like you say something shitty but you know it's shitty and their response immediately tells you it's shitty and your and the social contract way out of that is oh, I was just kidding that was a joke I was I was a joke <laughs> <laughs> I don't know let's just try not to talk about Trump this time it's fucking tough, but you know, we're gonna get there. Can I you know who I wanna talk about? My fucking grandfather, Ron Wyan, turned eighty-five yesterday. And Ron Wyan is never gonna go down in the history of being a famous man or a, or like a like a billionaire businessman. He's gonna be famous for a very particular thing. That dude grows the straightest rows in Union County as a farmer, and he's a he's just the world's best dude. And and he's stuck in a nursing home like you know he's getting up there he's 85 right like he's it, it's not like we're hiding him there in a trunk but like you know it sucks going going through this in a nursing home like he can't go outside can't see anybody nobody can visit him he you know it doesn't he's shitty on the cell phone and he barely knows how to use facebook portal and so you try but you know anyways yesterday was his birthday and uh he's king ron and king ron you know what's awesome about king ron so, like, King Ron was um, a, a pretty good father figure. Not that, not that I didn't have a father figure, but he was an additional father figure when I was growing up. And we used to go check cows. And still to this day, I think checking cows means we go get ice cream and a can of Coke and look at some cornrows and look at, where like, what the plants are doing. I mean, we did look at cows, but I don't know what the fuck we're looking for. We're just, there's some cows. Check. Where's the ice cream? Did that a lot. You know, here's how cool. I'll shut up about my grandfather after this, because everyone loves their grandfather. But this is a this is a defining story about how cool King Ron is. One time, I don't know, middle schoolish, I was eleven, twelve, right to the age where I thought it was important to hang out with my friends, like in the around that area, right? Middle of like July, it's hot as balls. It like East River, humid, hot. Right? It just sucks, right? no cell phones or anything back in this day. So King Ron calls the house. I happen to be there. Hey, dude, can you send your mother to come pick me up or somebody? My truck broke down. It's super hot. I don't want to walk the two miles that is required to, 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 can somebody get me? Yep. Absolutely. Click, hang up the phone. Phone rings back again. I don't even remember who they were, but it's, hey, we're going to the pool. And do I remember King Ron who's sweating his ass off in a soybean field? No, I want to go hang out with my friends. I completely forget. He ends up having to walk the 7,000 miles to wherever he needed to be. Calls. <clears throat> I haven't ever asked my parents about this. I wonder if they got an Astro for it. Calls and wasn't mad about it at all. Like, hey, man, I just want to let you know that – you can't leave people out in the in the heat. If my kids would have done that to me, I would have chewed their ass. I'd have been such a dick about it. The lesson would have been lost. What does King Ron do? Doesn't say a word. Chocks it up to a mistake. Moves on. You never hear about it again. I'm the only one who still talks about it because I'm the one who still feels guilty about it. Not King Ron, though. King Ron's just cool. That's Grandpa Wine. He's a badass dude. Happy birthday, man. Um, the news. We were doing the news. I don't want. I'm out on the news. Let's see if there's anything I feel like talking about. Here, you know what is going on. It's not really well. It is news. It's, today's the 24th, right? This is when I'm, I'm recording this. I recorded this just after Post Malone did a live stream for charity on um, on YouTube, and I think it just wrapped up a little bit ago. It's about an hour long. Um and they already raised, as I'm recording this, like two and a half million dollars, which is pretty cool. Then Google's going to match like five grand. Uh, but here's what's cool about it: like you know, as with most of you, I can't get behind face tattoos. And Post Malone is filled with face tattoos. And I just assumed he was kind of an asshole. And maybe he is kind of an asshole. But he's not. He is talent. He's very talented. That was a. That was a. Badass show I didn't get to watch All of it um, But I listened to all of it And it's Travis Barker's Drumming on it I don't know the other Two dudes But It was incredible They did a bunch An only You gotta be a Nirvana fan Otherwise you probably Won't like it as much But you know I like I've heard a couple Post Malone songs And they've been Kind of good But you always I've always just Kind of got the Like the This is a This is a This is a This is a Manufactured cool Act You know what I mean like new kids on the block and in sync like they're ma- like not that they weren't talented or have talent but like they were you know that was a produced product uh by design and i just thought they found a dude with face tattoos and went he'll work but turns out it's really good like it's really good it's really good like i'm blown away how good it is and so my apology to post malone man i think i might have to i might become now a post malone fan that's how good it was <clears throat> Travis Barker can drum, by the way. Oh, shit. Speaking of drummers, so last weekend I read Steve Gorman, um, who was the drummer of The Black Crows, uh, also who has a show on Fox, on uh, 100.3 Real Rock the Fox, which you can hear on homesliceaudio.com. Um, they, he has a show. It's called Steve Gorman Rocks. And and they send us copies of his book. Uh, I'm looking up the name of the book. Give me a second. Steve Gorman book. See, it's called Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crows. Um, Steve Gorman is the drummer. He also does Steve Gorman Rocks, uh, which is a nighttime show on Real Rock Fox. And it's pretty badass. Anyways, this book is like I've been listening to nothing but the Black Crows since I read this. And, I, and like, Wiser Time. Holy shit, that's a good song. Wiser Time is my favorite Black Crows jam. Also the favorite song of White Springfield. Um, It's just a good, it's a good song. Anyways, this book, holy shit. Like you You always, if you're a Black Crows fan, if you're not a Black Crows fan, just fast forward about five minutes. But if you are a Black Crows fan, like everyone's a fan of She Talks to Angels and like the songs they know, right? But like if you're, if you know a few songs past the hits, you got to read this book. Um, It's Chris Robinson is Intolerable. And it's not like he got there after they became the Black Crows. Chris Robinson was this much of a deal when they were a bar band in Georgia. Like and they, it, it had nothing to do with fame. He's just turns out he's a difficult dude. So is like both of them. The, both of the brothers are. Anyways, it's a killer book because there's a lot of rock books out there. Like you know the Cruise book and all and 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 Steve Tyler's book. Like there's the the, the rock star story is very similar. We're dirt broke and I was an outcast in high school. And then I, you know, picked up the guitar and then I, you know, then we met these dudes and lived in this apartment. Then we came, you know, we lucked out and this is what happened. And then Billy took too much heroin and now we play the fair. That's most rock books. This is a little similar to that, but it's not all like drugs and and Bill took too much heroin. There's a little bit of that because I, you know, that's that's rock star. But it's, it's like the perfect book from the seat of the drummer's view of the band. Where you're integral to the war effort, they can't exist without you. But you're not Chris Robinson or Rich Robinson. It's a that's it's my favorite part about the book. Like it's a real behind the scenes look from somebody who, for the most part, was not the focal point of the scene. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's a great read, and it's not hard to read. Like it's ghostwritten, I'm sure. Um, but it's you can knock it out in a weekend, and it's a, it was it had me the entire time. You know what I found interesting in that Steve Gorman book? Okay, now if you're not a Black Crowes fan, you can start the lesson again. You're like, you know who never gets shit-talked? Rick Rubin. Like, all you ever hear about Rick Rubin is about what a cool dude he is. Like, he was with Neil Young, and he's with the Beastie Boys, and Johnny Cash, and Soundgarden, and, you know, the Black— So, okay, almost done with Black Crowes. When the Black Crowes got signed, they were signed to Deaf American, which was Rick Rubin's label— and Rick Rubin was the reason they're called the Black Crows. They were called like a nest of crows or Alistair's Crow, something. It was a goofy kind of name. But, and, and right before they put out their like the record that made him famous, Rick Rubin is like, ah, your band name sucks. we got to call you something else. Call me back in 10 minutes. I'm kind of messing up the story, but read the book, and it'll make sense. Uh, and like they had 10 minutes to come up with something, and they, and they went, well, I don't know, Black Crows. And Rick Rubin's like, done. I like it. Click. That's how they became the Black Crows. Anyways, in the book, for the I think for the first time I've ever read, they were talking about kind of what a what a douche Rick Rubin was. Like they called him a, a like a gimmicky, not a con artist. They didn't go that far, but they kind of called it a sideshow kind of deal. And like, think about it. He's also he did Andrew Dice Clay. Like Rick Rubin is the reason there's a there, Hickory Dickory duck that that dude exists on a major level. Like that dude sold out the Garden. Not saying they're not saying he wasn't like successful and helpful but they just kind of they didn't they thought he was kind of a douche like he didn't he wasn't a real like he's pegged as this musical genius and they they liken him more to like a carnival barking sideshow act and that's the first time i've ever read that because no one ever talks shit talk shit about rick rubin except for the black crows or at least steve gorman i have no opinion one way or the other um, I wish I could grow a beard that cool. You know what I like about Rick Rubin? He always looks like he just got out of bed. Like there's, you know, there's only certain dudes that can get away with that. Like he always kind of, like he looks like a slob and maybe he hasn't showered and he's, is, is, you know, he's bald but he still has long hair, giant beard. He's always wearing like boxer shorts of shorts and like a old white t-shirt. It's clean but it's not, it looks, you know, wrinkled. And he's, you know, kind of fat. <laughs> and, and I am too. I'm not, No 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 judgment. And like... He just kind of sits there like this fat pothead who you just rolled out of bed to you know see what he wants for lunch. But no one ever shit talks him. <sighs> I'm not even shit talking him. I'm just saying. All right. Where were we? Where were we, we were on the news, right? <laughs> Got sidetracked off the news. Well, South Dakota's in the news. We can't – they won't shut up about us, about us not having uh, not having stay-at-home orders or shelter-at-home or whatever they call it. You know, I kind of agree with that, but here's the thing. Like, I, like I'm not out there talking shit about Noam but, cause, or Rick Rubin, for that matter. <laughs> but, um, like, I think just – the die's been cast. You, you, shut up on Facebook about it. We're gonna get through it. If we got, if it ends up having a shelter in place, like I think everyone needs to remember that they're doing what they think is right. This isn't a ploy to get elected. This isn't a ploy. This is a bunch of people put in a position that they didn't think they'd be in, trying their best. I think that's the thing to keep in mind. Oh, that's very nice of me to say. I think. <clears throat> Uh it's all coronavirus and Trump in my news feed today. It doesn't seem like there's anything else anyone else wants to talk about. I don't have I don't want to talk about that though. Do you really want to hear about that? I would imagine your life is like mine where you just you can't get away from it. Oh my god. Um what else? So, we got I made a mistake, I think. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about – so if you don't – like to give you a little background, like um, Home Slice Media Group here where I work and here in the Home Slice podcast studio, we've got some radio stations here. One of them is Real Rock the Fox, and it's a pretty badass station. But it's like a dude-driven station, in our, and, and there's no sports going on. And so we were trying to think of something to replace it. So I called Petco, and I'm like, hey, man, how you sitting on hamsters? Oh, yeah, we got a bunch of hamsters, and we can't really sell them right now. You want some hamsters? Yeah, give me some hamsters. So now we've got three hamsters in cages and balls and, like, hamster accoutrement, like like little cages and stuff, and we're going to start the hamster racing, uh, the American Hamster Racing Association, where we're going to race some hamsters. What I'm wondering is, like, is it legal? Like, I feel like we can get some more hamsters here, and we can really – make a little money doing some doing some prop bets and stuff but we're gonna you know we're gonna have some hamster racing going on but here's what i forgot about like you've all had ham you've had a hamster right okay they kind of smell like already day one i can smell hamster we got and what you know what wasn't in the budget here at home slice media group cedar chips for three hamsters for however long we have these stupid things like they don't smell smell like we're keeping it clean and all that but I don't know. Now we've got these three hamsters. Um, and now we have to, you know, we have to keep them alive until we can set up this race deal. And in my head, it was like, sure, we'll start this hamster racing thing. But what, what I wasn't thinking is, I'm really signing everybody up for about 40 hours worth of work because we're going to have to do voiceovers, video production. and But, you know, we got the hamsters, so we got to do something with them. So, and, and it's not, you know, we're all looking for stuff to do right now. So let's make some hamster races. So coming soon. To a Home Slice radio station near you, or at least on Real Rock the Fox, uh, the uh, the National uh, Hamster Racing League. No, what are we calling it? Ham- American Hamster Racing Association. The uh, <laughs> AMH, no, American, AHRA. AHRA, that's what it is. <gasps> See? This is how you know when you're listening to me that I'm no smarter than anyone else on social media because that took me that long to figure that out. Uh, we were talking last episode about the uh, shows that are a little under the radar that you should be watching. I started watching a a show on HBO called um, Avenue five and it is okay. It's funny, but it's light, but it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm indifferent on it again. I have this theory, right? A great television show is decided in the first three episodes and then the first three seasons. Like you got – you can't just give it one. You got to give it three episodes to see if you can make it through a a season or two, see if you can get sucked in. But the real test of a great show is if it can – if the first three seasons are badass. I'll give you some examples. Sons of Anarchy. Everyone likes Sons of Anarchy, right? I don't think it's going to go down in the history of great television because the third season got stupid and then way too violent. Like, there was way, it was just, it was way too, it, I don't know, it just lost me. Breaking Bad, kind of the same way. Great show, but legendary show? I'm not sure. The third season gets a little wonky. Breaking Bad gets a bit of a pass though because it came out so strong at the end. Deadwood, a local show here. Everyone loves it. And one of my favorites. It'll never go down in history because. It, it didn't have a third great season, and that movie kind of sucked. I said it. I mean, still come to Deadwood and look at the history and all that's badass, but that movie was bullshit. I'd you know, take the paycheck. I'm not judging you, but it wasn't that good. That was a money deal. Uh, Sopranos, great show. Like, The Sopranos kind of sucked at the end, but, it'll, but it had three gangster seasons, no pun intended. So it just gets to be a great show you can you can have sh- terrible like 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th and 8th when you when you end it you got to you got to end strong, you know what i mean? Like you got to land it. So, but you can you know, 4 and 5 and maybe even a little bit of 6, you can be pretty shitty. Perfect example, the game of thrones th- th- series, not the books, the television show. The first 4 seasons were so awesome. It's okay that the rest of the show was kind of dumb it's legendary. It'll go down as one of the most famous shows ever. Badass 3 seasons, Sopranos, same thing. That's my theory. Prove me wrong. By the way, you can hit murdockjones.com. There's a big mailbag section there you can you can leave a voicemail and you can send me a text, you can send a note on there. Also, I'd appreciate it if you would give uh, some reviews on whatever version of this you were listening to, Apple Stitcher, Spotify, et cetera. Even a shitty one helps me out, so I appreciate that. Um, You know what I think is stupid? Air fryers. I feel like air fryers are stupid. When I wrote that down, I thought I would have a lot more to say about it. I don't really. I just feel like they're like, why not just like, just bake it then maybe or fry it and eat a few less of them. It seems like air frying is, um, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I was a swing and a miss. Let's all admit when I wrote it down, like I take a little notes on what I want to talk about. Cause I'll do this kind of once a week and I, and I'm, I'm sure I just saw an air fryer somewhere on social media and. I really don't have much. I gotta, you know. Hey, it's the second episode. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bomb some shit, and air fryers are one of them. Air fryers are stupid. All right, real insight there. I've been okay. So I'm on, I'm on a mission and and I'll take your advice here if you want to if you want to get get a hold of me in whatever version of this you want to get a hold of me on social media or website com. I'm I'm kayak shopping like I'm going crazy for kayaks cuz I feel like I'm going to spend like if I'm going to be stuck indoors for the next however many days I'm going to get out uh, on a boat and I can't afford a real boat. I don't really want a real boat either, but I do want a kayak so I can just get on some lakes and fish in the middle of some water and just get away from everything and everybody, right? Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm daydreaming about it. I was dreaming about it, dreaming about it last night. I've been looking at so many kayaks. I don't, I don't know shit about kayaks. And there's like, the, okay, so I'm here, like, I want a fishing kayak, right? But I don't want one of those pedal ones. But I want, I, want, I want it to be nice enough where I can upgrade it without having to buy a new kayak. But I want it to be cheap enough to where if it turns out I hate this, I'm not out two grand. But that's what that's – what, like what's helping – I'm thinking of things – and th- maybe this is my point on this. I'm thinking of things – that i can do or you can do and what started this is i want to take the twin you know this is something the twins can do like one of the twins likes fishing and one of them is bored to tears by it but i think if i put him on a kayak and give him a book which he'd kind of like to do he'd have a little fun also then i think you know like it's important to me that the my boys are going to have something to do with their friends that isn't like you know going to immediately get them all sick and kayaking i can see being one of them and you know i'm like they can you know take some girls out kayaking i'm not trying to like help my you know, kids land the deal. That's not what I mean. But you know, they got, got to be, got to be a bummer to be a kid right now, man. Like you're stuck in the house and you can't go see your friends and the people you hate the most are the people that are telling you to also clean your room and clean the bathroom and rake the lawn. God, it's got to be tough being a kid locked into this deal right now. Well, again, it's good for you, man. It's going to make you tougher because you're going to get through it. And then you're going to be better because you had some, you know, times that were awful. And as far as times being awful, not saying, I mean, getting the disease obviously would be a bummer. But, like, you know, the kids during the Depression, I think, didn't have an Xbox and, like, you know, a, a kayak. Not all the kids. I get that. There's, you know, it sucks to go through this poor. But I'm just saying, as far as, like, bummers when, in your youth that make you a stronger, better person, this is a manageable one to deal with. But, you know, when you're 17, you don't give a shit, do you? I get that. All right. Okay. Um, I don't have a ton to talk about today. I just kind of wanted to keep recording and keep moving this along. I do, we're going to do another episode of Fake Mailbag, though. Um, but I, we, we, I, do, I will want you to fill this up with real ones. Um, so MurdochJones.com, the voicemail, suit in a text, Uh, send in an email. It can be anonymous if you want. Whatever version of this is up to you. I'll take advice, criticism, um, complaints, questions, answers to my questions. I'll take it all. Disagree with what I'm saying, but we're going to do a little uh, mailbag. And, And since these are the new episodes and we don't have actual mailbags, I'm going to Reddit and I'm giving fake advice to internet people. Presenting to you, fake mailbag. Um, okay, here we go. I got a minor shock from an electric outlet today and I have not pain, burn, or numb, or I have no pain, burn, or numbness, just the vibrating feeling during the shock. I don't need medical attention. Dude, why are you taking this on Reddit? Fuck call 911, man. I'd assume it goes away though, right? Like, you're going to be okay uh, if it doesn't hurt. I don't know shit about electricity. Again, I'm not qualified to give any advice whatsoever, but I, my advice to you is to just call, a maybe not call 911. Call, you must know somebody who knows somebody who is a nurse. I think that would be my first call. 911 is a little, uh, uh, you know, that might be an overreach because you're not having an emergency. Clearly, you had the ability to go to Reddit and type a question. I wonder if this person just makes this up. So it's one of these people that just want attention. Oh, that's shitty of me to think of that person, but it is the internet. Um, feeling guilty over newfound happiness. Okay. Fake mailbag. Question number two on fake. Uh, well, real question, but not, I don't actually know this person. They're not actually, well, you know how fake mailbag works. I'm um, feeling guilt over newfound happiness during quarantine. I've been assessing the past couple months of quarantine, and honestly, i felt a lot better mentally than before. Why are you guilty about that? Some of these, like, some, you know, an introvert right now is having the time of their life because they've been quarantining since the jump, man. I wouldn't feel about that at all. I do think you got to, you know, get out of the house a little bit. Not get out of the house and go to the mall, get out of the house, meaning you can be on your porch, but you can't like, I worry about people who are just sitting and like recycling their own air, like a bunch of cats. I do feel like that would be um, healthy. But then again, you know, according to which political party you are uh, a subs- a subs- uh, a, a, an affiliate of, I guess I should say, do you think that you may or may not can take Lysol? Nah, I got to take that joke out. That's a little mean. We weren't going to talk about Trump. This is a stupid question. You shouldn't be feeling guilty about your newfound happiness during quarantine. That's dumb. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, here's a good one. I'm on the fake mailbag. Question number three, dating advice. do Should I delete Tinder? I was wondering whether there's anyone that's in the same cycle. I install Tinder, use it for a few days, and then I delete it. And then, I, and then I get on it again. I don't know. But I, you know, Tinder's good and bad. Like, I think it's generally... Like, I, Tinder's a tough one. Because I have children that are about to be the age where they can legally use Tinder. And that is fucking terrifying. But at the same time, if I was 18, you couldn't have stopped me from using it. Like, because, you know, being 18 is being 18. So I understand all of that. But let me give you the other side of the fence. So I, like, as a way older dude. Like when I became single again, I was on it and it was, I found it to be very healthy because it got me kind of back in the game. Oh, I could be their poster boy. They feel like there was a divorced Tinder. (laughs) If you Tinder folks are looking to put out divorce Tinder, divinder, I can be your, I can be your spokesperson. Oh, what was the question? The question was, should you delete it? I don't know. I think it's ultimately unhealthy. I don't think it should be that easy to get somebody in, into, uh, into, the, into bed. It's, it, I feel like um, it's making it too easy. But also, that could be c- kind of okay boomer thinking. So I'm prepared to hear the other side of that story. As a father, I can't help but just be terrified about it. But, you know, you got to just let them swim, man, and control what you can control. So, I don't I I guess do what you want to do. What's wrong with using it for a few days and then deleting it? I don't think that's necessarily unhealthy. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to install and uninstall, I suppose. You know, I interviewed that dude um do you remember that dude? What was his name? What was that company? Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison. <clears throat> if you don't know what Ashley Madison is, Ashley Madison is a website. I think it's still going. Like they had this big like data breach where i guess everybody's information got stolen but before all that shit happened like it was famous as a website where if you were married or or connected with somebody and you wanted to get a side piece and try to fuck around a little bit like that was what the website was for is for married people to go online and like hook up with each other so you could keep it between the ditches and not get caught which you know taking whether that is like morally sound or not, I, 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 you know, whatever position you have, I can agree with, I suppose. But the dude who started it, um, what was his name? God damn it. What was his name? We interviewed him. Darren J. Morgenstern. That was that, that guy was sleazy, creepy, man. That was gross. That was super gross. We did a radio interview with him. I, but I remember at the time I was actually going through a divorce, so I remember being disgusted by it. But I also, over time, have realized that was silly, and I should have, like, I bombed that interview because I was letting my own personal bullshit get in the way, and I should have just been like, you know, that's, that's a fascinating dude. It's an interesting business model. Um, but I don't know. He, I, what, we, what the interview should have been about is how gross he was. That dude was gross. You know, when you talk to those people and you just get, there's a vibe of like, ah, oh, my God, this is so. And I'm sure it's a character he was playing. Why I started talking? To- oh, yeah, Tinder, Tinder and Ashley Madison. I still think all of it is like, I think you're still best served with the best experiences in real life. This is why it doesn't matter how smart the robots get, it's still not the same as like, seeing eye to eye from across the bar or, you know what I mean? Or like, like, even if it is online, it like, like just talking, just, you know, why don't uh, like there's a time for, Hey, what are you doing right now? And, and that's why morally I'm not totally against Tinder. I get that there's a time for that, but there's also a time to just, you know, just enjoy it. Take it from the older learned wiser man, my, my Reddit friend, I don't know if I actually gave you advice. I guess my point was just keep doing what you're doing. Who gives a shit? I'm not, I guess not great advice today on uh, on the fake mailbag. So we can try one more. Let's see. Let's do a different, let's get out of the dating advice. What does Reddit have for other advice? How about just need advice? General advice from the fake mailbag on murdochjones.com. Duh website's loading you'll just have to give me some time here um again listen to that post malone nirvana show that was badass i've been listening to a lot of live concerts lately like the arcade fire Lollapalooza date from 2017 is a really good show anything mumford and sons from the delta tour I, i was i saw the tour so i'm sure it means more um, but that's a badass concert. There's a really great Pearl Jam bootlegs out there that are super cool. It's getting that itch because I—I mean, that's my favorite thing to do. I think is see a live band, but we're not gonna be able to do that for a while, my friend. In these treacherous times, you can't go see a fucking concert because you're gonna kill a grandmother, and that is not cool. Uh, okay, Reddit fake mailbag advice. How do I motivate myself to be productive? Man, that's a good question. And I'll give you a bunch of advice that I'm having trouble following myself, including yoga and intermittent fasting. I found like, don't let yourself eat for a big chunk of time because you just stand in your kitchen and graze. Like you're at a feedlot heading to slaughter to be somebody's meal. And I'm already half fat. So intermittent fasting has been helpful. Um, And um, I think, and this is advice I'm trying to follow. I'm just not being very good at it. But do, like, you don't even have to, don't even, you don't have to get the mat and all that shit. Just pull up YouTube and, and type in sun salutation A and just do that for 10 minutes and you will be more motivated. Also, I've found that if I, Eat the elephant a bite at a time. I get a lot more work done. Like, so, you know, you get up in the morning and you're looking at your phone and you're kind of thinking about your day. This is kind of, you know, maybe you're into the first cup of coffee, not, but not quite, you know, that little moment. And you're thinking about like, holy shit, everything's on fire and I can't get, you know, the, 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 like all of this shit that we're all going through. I found in the beginning of it, when I had focused on all of it, I was super stressed out and couldn't get much anything done. But if I ate that elephant a bite at a time, it was a lot easier. And then just life got a lot of, Like, don't worry about how long this thing is going to be. Just wake up today and have a good day, man. And then wake up tomorrow and have a good tomorrow. You know what's been awesome about this? I haven't had, like, it's the best. Uh, I'm having more fun that, with, with Kelsey than I ever have because we're hanging out every night. Like, we're just hanging out. It's fun. We're not distracted. We're not doing other things. Oh, I got to have a drink with that guy and blah, blah, blah. Going to force into each other imagine though, like I can see the other side of this. Like if you were living with somebody you were just fucking miserable with, the old divorce attorneys are going to have a run at the end of this year. There's going to be a lot of, you know, you know how it starts too, right? Like, you know, why are you doing it that way? (laughs) I was joking. Then we go back to the beginning of this podcast. There's a lot of, I was just kidding going to be a run on divorce attorneys. If you were a divorce attorney, it'd be money in the bank right now to start locking down the cases. Just like, take, just like, Hey man, if you're there, like this could be your ad, right? If you're there, I'll take a down payment. Now we don't have to say two words. I'll do the paperwork and we'll keep this civil and we'll make it fast. Like you need, if you were the speedy lube divorce guy, you get a lot of work done in the, in the next coming months. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, that's episode 2. Thanks for listening. MurdochJones.com. Give me a subscribe and give me a like or a rating or a bad rating and I will and then we're going to start to get to this is this is like as I'm recording this, I believe Apple just approved me to uh, start promoting this bitch, and so all the feeds are working so um, go to murdochjones.com if you listen to one or both of these episodes that have been posted and participate in the conversation man you can tell we can talk about whatever you want to talk about just go to murdochjones.com and and you can leave a message uh, you can send a text you can send an email you can Send a carrier pigeon. You can do whatever you want. M-U-R-D-O-C-Jones.com and give me a like on whatever thing you're listening to and I will talk to you dudes later. That was a stupid way to end a podcast. But what are you going to do? It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio Two A. The executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive Producers Mark Eusen, Engineering Chris Jaquez, I think it's Jaquez, I call him Jaquez, and he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch, I wrote this, uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Hadden, and all graphic design done by our Chief Brand Officer Robert Tiberius Henry.